0: message is this. Get this again. I just need to jot this down. Declaring breakthrough in 5783. You may have no clue what any of that's about, but you will here in just a minute. I'm, and uh, I'm excited to, to dig into this teaching with you. So uh, again, get your notes out. Be ready to write a few things down. This is very much of a teaching message. And uh, and and I want you to understand some things. Maybe you don't realize it, but the Hebrew New Year, which is uh, celebrated with a day that's called Rosh Hashanah, is coming up, and it's about to begin. And so today, we're going to take a look at the Hebrew tradition that are in the scriptures that echo what God might be up to that's on his calendar, that's on God's calendar, because God actually does have a unique calendar. So uh, so I just want to tell you in advance, before Rosh Hashanah gets here, I'll go ahead and say it, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, because it's almost 5783. It's almost here. Now, here's what's going to happen. Next Sunday evening, uh, Jewish people all all over the world they're going to say these these words and I know I'm going to pronounce it wrong every time I try to pronounce Hebrew I say it wrong but it's something like this Lash, lashana tovah. and I, I know I said it wrong so I'll just tell you that right up front my worst mess up was when I was at my friend's synagogue and I was doing, doing a part of their service and I I was, I read something that I was actually written in Hebrew and I thought I read it right and the whole I mean we're talking like hundreds of people start laughing at me and I was like I just speak English, sorry about you guys I'm not as multilingual as everybody here, they just made fun of me but, but what that means is wishing you a happy and healthy new year and so I know I'm going to be sending that by text to my Jewish friends next Sunday evening. But Rosh Hashanah, let's, just to understand this, this year Rosh Hashanah will begin Sunday evening the 25th at, at, uh, at, at, at dusk. So when the sun goes down on the 25th, that's when it begins and it goes all the way through sundown on Tuesday, September 27th. Now, why is it two days? Well, it's actually one day, but it's two days because the earth is in rotation. And so if, if you understand how the dates work and times work, it actually is two days to get through one day. Does that make any sense? To some of you, it does. Most of you, it doesn't. Just trust me, that's the way it works. All right. But Rosh Hashanah is one of the most important dates that's on the Jewish calendar. And, uh, and, and what it does is, is this particular date, marks a season that historically is the launch of many uh, earth-shaking events uh, that have happened historically. Uh, Rosh Hashanah, they, it begins, and then for several weeks afterwards, there there's, tends to be a rippling of major earth-shaking events. Like, so you can look into history and look at major events and they're typically going to be right at Rosh Hashanah and for the next several weeks right afterwards. This is a common occurrence. In the Bible, The uh, Rosh Hashanah is actually called the Feast of Trumpets. So know, if you're reading the Old Testament, you read about the Feast of Trumpets, that's what it is. It is the blowing of a shofar. This is a shofar. It's a ram's horn that's hollowed out. And uh, And so they blow into these. I'm not going to do it because I know it will sound absolutely terrible. And some people, they, they do this. They do a really good job with it. I don't, I won't. But this is what a shofar is. And so what will happen is, a, is the priests, the rabbis, they will, at, at sundown, they will take this shofar, and they'll, they will blow the shofar, and there's a certain way they do it. They'll blow a long blast, and then there'll be boom, 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 and some staccato blast right after that, signaling the beginning of the new year. Now, all through the Old Testament, when the shofar is blown, significant things happen. So there are parallels here that I'm going to be talking about today. And so, in fact, we we know this is that the blowing of the shofar, whenever you, if you were to hear a shofar be blown, you can go online and see what that sounds like or listen to what that sounds like. That's the same sound that we're going to hear upon the coming of the Lord. It says, the trumpet of the Lord will sound. And that's not like a modern trumpet, it's actually the shofar. So, but today I'm going to talk about what this new year means. Now, there are two dominant calendars that are used around the world. There is what we call the Gregorian calendar, which is the calendar that we use, and it's a solar calendar that starts, you know, with the birth of Jesus, and, and so that's, the, uh, the, the Gregorian calendar is ours. So we know what day it is on the Gregorian calendar. We follow it every day. According to my watch on Gregorian calendar, it says it's Sunday the 18th of September. Wonderful. But there's a second calendar, which was actually the original, or it's the first calendar that was ever used, and that is the Hebrew or the Jewish calendar. And so the Hebrew-Jewish calendar combines lunar and solar, uh, uh, it's a lunar and a solar calendar combined, and it's also known as the calendar of God, it's known as the Adamic calendar, that means Adam, the, the calendar of Adam. It is the Hebrew calendar, which marks the the moment that, uh, that God breathed life into the lungs of Adam, and at that moment, the calendar started. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the Hebrew calendar, and that is the year we're looking at, which is 573. Uh, Excuse me, 5783, that's that's the year that's here. Now, Rosh Hashanah last year, which was 5782, and I talked about this last year, it entered into something called Shemitah, which was a Sabbath year of rest and trust, and we actually have seven more days of the year 5782, seven more days. This is a supernatural year of the rest of God. Now, the Sabbath year of rest will end next Sunday evening at sundown. So the the Shemitah, which is that year, is the end of a seven-year cycle. So at Sunday, at sundown, when the shofar is blown, it launches a brand new seven-year cycle. You see, everything revolves around seven-year cycles throughout the Bible. And, uh, and so one cycle is coming to an end next week, and a new cycle will launch on Sunday, the, September the 25th. Again, when the blowing of the shofar happens, that's when it begins. Now, you might say, well, why are we going to this? Why are we studying this? Well, it's, you, you can take it as just really cool information. But if you do that, I really, you're missing out on the point. We study this because we want to be positioned correctly for the days ahead. I want you to be positioned correctly, and I want you to be positioned to understand and to realize what what just might be coming around the corner. Now, I'll say this right off the bat. I'm not a prophet. I don't claim to be a prophet, never have. I am very simply a pastor, but I've watched and I've studied and I've observed Rosh Hashanah for many years, and I've seen its impact Uh, the launching of a new year on the jewish calendar I've, i've i've seen its impact on the world on our nation and on the church so i i i've learned a lot about this and this is not just information to fulfill your curiosity but it's again it's about being positioned correctly positioned in the right place for what's coming around the corner because at this time, as current events are unfolding in a rapid manner, we want to be positioned carefully. So this is a call. This is a cry of my heart. Be condition, be, be in the right position because things will shift. There's a shift that's coming. Now, I'm going to take you through my formula or the way that I, I go about this. I use three different elements to uh, to put together what I'm sharing with you today, so I'm going to give you that. This is my little formula. First of all, I take a look at Jewish numerology, and I'm going to take you through each one of these. And then second, we look through the Torah readings or the Scripture readings that will happen as soon as the shofar is blown. And then there's a third element, which I think is very important. Now I think I know it is. It's discernment and revelation. So it's not just taking data from that, but it's to say now what does this mean? What is God saying? And, and so I'm going to take you through this journey. Now, I've been studying the year 5783 and what this, what this could potentially mean for about three months. And, uh, and I've been writing things down as, as I'm doing my studies. And truth be told, I've just been asking God for discernment. I've been asking God for revelation, praying, uh, letting this stuff kind of sit and soak in my heart. Uh, I'll, I, I will tune in and to some of the, the legitimate prophetic voices. There are some people who call themselves prophets or prophetic voices, and they're not. But I will listen to what some of the prophetic voices are saying uh, in our nation and, ar- and around the world. But I don't like to rush the process. I don't like to just to try to, to force a bunch of information in, cram it in and then give it to you. So because as a pastor, and this is important, in no way do I feel it is appropriate for me to come and use this platform and just give you a bunch of haphazard thoughts or even copy or duplicate what somebody else said and just kind of hand it out to you. I believe in handling the Word of God with wisdom, and I believe in rightly dividing the Word of truth, and so I'm doing my very best to deliver this with, to you today. Now, if, if there are things that I'm sharing with you today, if they resonate in your heart you see, that is evidence of the Holy Spirit speaking because there has to be a confirmation as well. And many times, like as I'm sharing this message today, you might be going along thinking, wow, I've been sensing that. I've been feeling that. I, 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 I believe that. In fact, it's interesting. Someone told me I had a dream last night and they explained their dream to me and I said, wow, well, that's going to be interesting because of, based on today's message, uh, you, you'll, you'll see that there could be a prophetic uh, meaning behind that dream. But, but, uh, but. I want you to let it resonate in your heart because that's where the Holy Spirit speaks. He speaks to you just like he speaks to me. He's speaking to us together, I believe, in this room. So the first thing I want to take you into is the Jewish or the Hebrew numerology. I'm not going to go into depth on this and give you a bunch of letters and numbers. That's all out there. If you want to study that on your own, that's fine. But I want to save you some time and not burden you with all of the uh, intricacies of how all of this works. So, Um, But but it's very evident that God has used and is using, continues to use this very system. Uh, He uses it for revelation, for judgment, and for blessing. He has all through the scriptures, and he continues to do so today. But I don't preach a, b- a lot about Jewish numerology because it's a minor issue. I believe we should major on the majors and minor on the minors. That's why, I, you know, there are some people that may preach on this kind of stuff every Sunday. Well, good for them. I don't believe that's, that's appropriate. But every once in a while, I'm going to bring it up and talk about it because I do believe it is important, but it's not the cornerstone of our faith. So, uh, I, but, but, but again, I've been doing this research for for many years, and, and, and I, I've tested this, what I'm finding through the Jewish numerology, I've tested it historically. In fact, I was testing this for years before I ever even began to preach it because I wanted to make sure that what I was seeing and what I was putting together actually was worthy of being used on the platform, and I do believe it to be that way today. And I believe what I'm sharing with you today is sound. So each numeral in the in the year that is about to begin next Sunday evening five seven eight three each numeral corresponds with a Hebrew letter and each one of those letters has a specific name and a definition so 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 it's not like our ABCs and one two threes. We do our ABCs one two threes it's just real basic real simple uh, the, with the Hebrews it is very very different so biblically when there is a number a number always has a deeper or a double meaning and God set it up that way uh so so when you combine the the numbers with the names and the letters associated with each of those numbers then you can actually create a declaration and uh and so I've looked over 5783. I've looked over the, those numbers and, and the letters and the names and the definitions associated with that. And I've actually, I've come down to, I've n- really narrowed it down to five very unique and distinct thoughts. So I just want to share those five thoughts with you very quickly. And, uh, and I believe, first of all, the 5783 speaks of insight. Insight. God is giving you eyes to see eyes to see what the spirit is saying and eyes to see what the lies are that are in the culture that the dark will become darker the light will become brighter and you will have eyes to see you will have insight a second uh meaning that i see in 5783 is the term humility humility that i believe there's a calling upon us as we move into this new season to be humble to be poor in spirit that humility should rule and reign in our hearts. 57.83 also speaks of abundance. So I believe that, that this, this lets us know that there will be provision for God's people for whatever is needed. That abundance, uh, but it means more than, than just like, than like well dollars are going to fall out of the sky. Sometimes that's why we think as Americans, and really abundance is so much more broad than that. But, uh, but a bro- uh, abundance simply means that there's going to be more than enough, and there are many different types of abundance, uh, spiritual, tangible, uh, relational, emotional, I'll talk about the, those in here in just a minute. Also, 5783 speaks of blessing. So that word blessing is definitely in there, which lets us know that God is going to provide for and he's going to bless the people who need it the most. But it also means, it's it's very interesting because in the numbers and the letters and the words and the definitions, it also means that you and I, we are to be conduits of blessing as well. So God blesses, but God also blesses through us. And that's part of the call that's on us as we move uh, into this new season, but in a huge way, 5783 has one word that come, that just seems to come up over and over and over, and this is very strong. This is a headliner for me, and it is the term retribution. And so what I want to do is I want to give you the definition of retribution. 5783 speaks of retribution, and, and there it is, right there. It means to recompense or reward. Retribution is the dispensing or receiving of a reward or punishment. Now, let's leave that there for a second. I want to talk about that because this, is, this does come as a major theme that I see there. Uh, so this means that wherever justice is needed, and the words judgment and justice really go hand in hand, but, uh, but wherever justice is needed, that means God is going to bring it. And that's a very strong word for this coming year. And it will come in the form of either reward or it will come in the form of punishment, depending upon which side of the retribution you are on. So this is, this is basically a justified repayment for one's actions, and this can be broad it can not just be not just for individuals but it can be for nations it can be for businesses it can be for organizations as well justified repayment for one's actions and 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 i i personally believe that we are going to see retribution happening worldwide in all spheres of society coming up into this next year now, those, again, are the five unique conclusions that I come to. Uh, and again, the most obvious being retribution through, uh, through the Hebrew numerology. Again, they are this, insight, humility, abundance, blessing, and retribution. Okay, but now that's just part of the equation. So I've done that, and I, I take all of that, and I set it aside. And then I go to the second element of the formula that I like to use, and that is to examine with a keen eye what the scriptures are that will be read at Rosh Hashanah. And this is very significant and is quite often overlooked by a lot of people that would just look into the numerology because I believe in the power of the word of God and the Jewish people, the Hebrew people believe it as well. Now there are three scripture readings that will be, uh, that will be read in front of people by the priests and by the rabbis at the launch of the new year. So, so let me explain how this works. Judaism, they have a they actually have a scripture reading calendar where certain scriptures are to be read publicly. And every year different scriptures are are there and it just kind of falls into this long calendar that they they put together. They're, they don't try to synchronize it with anything. It's just this simple calendar of information that they that that is put out there. So so what happens though is right after the trumpet blast right after the shofar announces there is a new year, immediately the priests, the rabbis, they will begin to declare the word of God. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is released. Now, the Jews believe this. Unfortunately, we get a little messed up in our minds, but I think we're growing in it. But the Jews, the Hebrews believe that as soon as you release something out of your mouth in the Hebrew language that it literally takes on life that 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 there's creation power when scriptures or really anything is spoken in the Hebrew language. So they are very, very careful what they say. So as they're declaring this, there's the trumpet blast, and there's the declaration of these scriptures, then these essentially become like the prophetic headlines at the top of the paper for the year. And this is, this, so this is very, very important. So I want to go through each of these three passages. Again, very quickly, we're not going to read them you can read them on your own, but, but first of all is Genesis chapter twenty two, excuse me, twenty one and twenty two. So this is where they will be reading about uh, the birth of Isaac to Abraham and Sarah. Isaac means laughter. Laughter, uh, uh, laughter, um, all of a sudden arrives on the scene, and barrenness—the barrenness of Sarah—is reversed. It's a miracle of god hold that thought all of these are important building blocks here's another part is the expulsion of ishmael which was uh which was a son of abraham but he he did something wrong to to for that son to come into this world and so that all that speaks of a separation between what is of god and what is of the flesh there's a separation there's this distinction block. Another building block of this is this, is when Hagar is out there, that is, that is the mother of Ishmael, is out there cast out with, uh, with Ishmael, there's also a miraculous provision for her. This is the action of Jehovah Jireh, which is the provider. God is the provider. Also in this passage, there's the testing of Abraham, where he's commanded to uh, sacrifice Isaac in chapter number 22 of Genesis. And this is simply a test of his desire to obey God and do what God says. And, but, it, but it's not only a testing, but also God miraculously provides. This is where the word Jehovah Jireh actually comes from. God the provider. God provided the sacrifice. And, and blessing followed the passing of the test for Abraham. So that's basically what happens there, but there are some common themes. Now, hear me, what, you'll see this in a minute. Some of these common themes line up with what the year, uh, what the numerology looks like. But we also need to take a look at Jeremiah chapter 31. And it, it, excuse me, 1 Samuel chapter 1. Let's look at that in, next. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 through 20. Here we have the heart cry of Hannah. She was a barren woman. She wanted to have a child. She's crying out to God for her. And then God gives her this son, Samuel. And there's, and there's this beautiful part of, of this, this passage, which is called Hannah's Song. Uh, she rejoices before the Lord. She names him Samuel. The name Samuel means this, because I asked the Lord for him she prayed relentlessly god answered interesting here here's one of the parallels these are the things you look for hannah's barrenness was reversed just like sarah's barrenness was reversed so all of a sudden now you're seeing some repeated themes that are going on here and joy and blessing followed a season of tears and weeping for hannah as well as for abraham and sarah so there's some There are some congruent themes. So here's another one. The third scripture that's going to be read at Rosh Hashanah is Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 1 through 19. This is the promise of God giving, God promising Israel that they are going to return from their bondage when they were actually exiled. And they're going to move from weeping to rejoicing. There's restoration, there's retribution, there's rejoicing, there's reward for their faithfulness, and there's punishment on those who rise up against God's children. In fact, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 13, is a key verse that's in there. In fact, it is is so interesting. Uh, But the parallels with the other two are quite uncanny. And there are a lot of major, there are a a lot of sub themes, but those are the major themes that I find in those three passages. So here, basically, these are the major themes right here. Barrenness is reversed by supernatural blessing accompanying with rejoicing. That's what's found in all three of those passages. Sarah, Hannah, and Israel. They were all barren. Sarah bore Isaac. Hannah bore Samuel. Israel returns, and it literally says, with pregnant women coming back to the land, and they are rejoicing. Something is there, all right? So all of these scripture readings they record that, 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 that miraculously they have these similar themes, they have these similar stories, and the rabbis are going to be reading these. Now, will they see the congruence? Maybe, maybe not. but I've looked at it and I see what's coming together here, I'm studying this. So we see this. So, so now we move to the third part of the little equation that I've shared with you, and this is the discernment and the revelation part Now. I do not like to jump to conclusions when it comes to this part. Uh, I like to put it all down. In fact, I literally put it on paper and spread it out and look at it. I can't even look at it on a computer screen. Just spread it out and look at it. And 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 I begin connecting the dots. What are the common threads? What do I see in numerology that's also being seen and what the Scriptures are saying? And then I, I say, you know, Holy Spirit, I want you to illuminate this through the Word. So I'm going to go back to the Scriptures. I'm not going to just take off and say, okay, here's what I found, here's what I found. No, I'm going to take what the common elements here... And then I'm going to go back to the Word of God. That's important because if I just take off on my own, then I could come up with some conclusions that really are not really there. So again, I go back to the Word of God. And so I began to search the Scriptures, and I found something very interesting. In Genesis chapter 28, uh, verse 14, it talks about how God's promise to Abraham, God's promise to Abraham that he was going to be a man of breakthrough through his son. So I saw that connection there. I saw the connection on the breakthrough. Abraham was going to be a man of breakthrough because of this miracle birth. And the reason I bring that up is because the Jews, they're most important. They, they, They give a weight of importance to the scriptures they read. When, you're, when they're reading out of the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible, we call it the Pentateuch, but it's the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. When they're reading from that, they believe that that actually holds more weight than the other scriptures. So, as even with their faith, they believe that there's a lot more weight in what's happening there, and that everything should flow from that. So, so what I did is, is I, you know, I just began looking through the scriptures. What do I see? The, this word breakthrough being used, and it's, it's translated a lot of different ways, but it is, it is the Hebrew term uh, parats, P-A-R-A-T-S. And it means this, and it's commonly translated as this, to break out, to burst out, to grow, to increase, to spread out, and spread abroad. Now, this, I believe, is a key word for us it's a key word for moving into this new season, moving into this new year. Breakthrough. You're going to break out. There's going to be a bursting out. There's going to be growth, increase, spreading out, spreading abroad. Now, that, that word, parats, it's found all through the, new, through the Old Testament. But I believe the most significant occurrence of it that I found was Isaiah 54, 1 through 3, which is where I ask you to turn today. Because in this passage, I was blessed, and this is where my confirmation comes from, I was blessed to see that the themes that were in the year of of 5783, along with the Scripture readings, I saw all of that kind of come together in one specific passage of Scripture. Isaiah 54, verses 1 through 3, and I want you to look at this in your Bibles. This is not speaking of Sarah. This is not speaking of Hannah. This is not speaking of the prophecies of Jeremiah. But listen to this. It says, Sing, barren woman, you who have never bore a child... Now, the barren woman can speak of any one. That's the way that we can apply this, where you've just not seen the results. You've not seen the birthing. You've not seen the things that God God has even promised. Sing, barren woman, you have never born a child. Burst into song. Shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children or the offspring or the blessing of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. And here's the command. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes for you will spread out. And that is that word paratz. That is the breakthrough word. There's going to be a breakthrough that's going to happen to your right and to your left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. So this is a picture of breakthrough. So much of what's encapsulated all through everything else that I've told you is actually found right here. And, uh, and so I want you to look at some, some of the basic application from this scripture, and then we'll go into what I believe God is speaking to us for this coming year. So the application is this, sing and rejoice, be glad, because breakthrough is coming. I believe that. In fact, I was thinking, man, I wish we were singing that song today. I know breakthrough is coming. By faith I see a miracle. Do we still sing that song around here? Okay, good, good. Can we do that next Sunday? Maybe, okay, see See if we can do that next Sunday. I, I, I thought of that late last night, like, well, it's too late to try to tell everybody we're going to sing a different song because I know how these musicians are. No, actually, they're, they, they're really, they are real easy to work with. I'd, have, I'd be very, very honest with you on that. But, but uh, this is a command from God to sing, to sing before the breakthrough, to sing. But It is the opposite of doing what your circumstances are looking like. So he keeps emphasizing in this passage, seeing. Oh, barren one. See, because when you begin to sing, you're beginning to actually prophesy, and prophesy with your mouth. You're speaking things that aren't happening yet, but you're rejoicing, and you're prophesying, and what that begins to do is that begins to shift your heart. It begins to shift your mind into the right place, and it pushes out, it drives out the uh, the, the spirit of the flesh, which says no, and you embrace the spirit of God. You push out the spirit of the flesh, which is exactly, Exactly what we see with Ishmael being pushed out. Um, see, something begins to happen when you worship God, and uh, you know if if you actually were to read the story, I encourage you to do it in First Samuel, the story with Hannah. You'll find out that she couldn't bear children. to make her bitter, and in her frustration, and as some of you may feel like, I can't see anything happening, everybody else gets blessed, and not me, but in her frustration, she begins to cry out to God, she begins to call out to God, thank God, I need you, even to the place where the the priest is is making of her, like, you're crazy, what is wrong with you, why do you keep mumbling, and she's crying out to God, even in her bitterness, saying, God help me, there was something about her crying though that tuned into the ears of heaven and caught the tension of god and her womb opened up see there's a miracle that is waiting for you to be activated through your cry and through your song it is a desperate cry that moves the heart of god that's what moves god's heart next we need to make room for the blessing of breakthrough This is important. I think there are a lot of ways you can apply this, and and I I think that the application can be very broad, so I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to show you what this means. But, uh, you know, sometimes we just don't prepare well. We don't prepare well for what's coming. Um, Sometimes we don't give God the time or the space or even the place in our hearts for what God wants to do. And... And you got to think of it again like what it was saying there in, in, the, in the passage in Isaiah. It, it's, it's like a tent, and the tent could be your heart. A tent could be your space. A tent could be what you have uh, as, as far as a, a, a receptacle, in a sense, to receive. Because all through, the, all through the Old Testament, we see that when God works miracles, he'll work the miracles right up to the point where a person can't receive anymore, and then it stops. So you need to prepare. You need to get ready. Get ready for that. For some of you, it just means to clean it up, make room, get ready. If you don't have room for the breakthrough of blessing, it will stop or it will go elsewhere. God will bless you according to your faith and according to the way that you prepare. And the, the, another element in this, and I'm not going to break Isaiah 54 down into a lot of detail, which I really wanted to do, but it was going to end up being a four-hour sermon, so I had to cut all this out, but but it is to strengthen your stakes, which means you need to apply the word of God deeply into your lives. And apply the promises of God. The, the, the stakes are like these tent pegs. That They are the tent pegs that you're driving deep into the ground. If any of you have ever been camping, you know how important that is. And sometimes you don't feel it's, it's important because, well, there's no bad weather. In fact, if there's like no weather or no wind, you can literally set a tent up. You don't need to put stakes in the ground. But trust me, when the weather comes and the wind comes and the rain comes, if you don't have that stuff grounded, if you don't have those tent pegs in, if you're not, if you aren't pulling Tied on those cords your tent is going to go somewhere it's going to go to another place trust me i've done that Went beach can be with my kids one year we didn't know there was a tropical storm in the gulf because we had no contact with anyone we had no cell phone service and it kept getting windier and windier and then we had to like we actually had to use the kayaks to help keep the tent stake, keep the tent down because our tent was going to blow away with us in it like what in the world's going on well trust me those things happen you guys would not have wanted to be with me on that trip some of you would have it's like, yeah, that that was that was the one trip when we ran out of water and we had to ask God for a miracle of water. Like God, we need water. And then we found a case of water at the beach, which is oh, yeah, that, that was weird. We did, we did. That that's all true. All right, well that's but that, that has nothing to do with my sermon. It's just a cool, cool story, but. When you put all of this stuff together, Isaiah 54, along with, the, uh, along with the Jewish numerology, along with the scripture readings that happens at the beginning of the new year, I have been able to come up with eight statements of encouragement. And uh, these are statements of encouragement for you, for your family, for your home, uh, even for our city and the nation and the world, because I believe this stuff applies broadly, not just uniquely to a congregation. Now, in January, I'm going to share with you some of the things I believe God is doing uniquely in our congregation. I believe that. Well, I, I will, and I'm actually carving that out right now, but some of it will be based upon and will be anchored in this what I'm, what I'm teaching you right now. Because God's already given me a strong word for next year, but I've got to let it be seasoned, seasoned through this. And then I need to share it with the elders. So we're meeting with elders in, in a couple of weeks and we're going to talk through some of the stuff. So they're going to get the little preview on what God's been stirring in my heart. We're going to make some connections and, and, and then God begins to, to put the meat on the bones uh, prior to us even moving into next year. But I think this is very broad. This is brave. It's not just for this church. Now, what I'm about to share with you, I'm going to encourage. Encourage you on this, you do not need to write all of this down. I've done these sermons before and then I just get a barrage of people afterwards. I need all your notes because I couldn't write all this down and my life is terrible and horrible. No, you're you're gonna be just fine, I promise you. So what I've done for you this this time is this last part of the message, I've given you the notes. I will give you notes. I have printed the notes out already, and you will get these on your way out today. Please no rushing, pushing, shoving, or making any kind of problems, all right, because we have, we have people who will deal with that, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, first of all, this is it. This is, this is the headliner right here. Ret- so, so when the shofar sounds, 5783, we enter a new season where retribution is coming, God has seen, and God will respond. I believe God will dispense reward and punishment according to what has been done. And I believe we're going to see this in governments, and in nations, in organizations, in businesses, homes, and churches. God always has the final word. Part of judgment is also the blood moon. Again, I don't preach a lot on this, but I keep these things. I kind of watch these things. There have been two blood moons this year. One on the second day of Passover for the Jewish Jewish people. The second blood moon, you know when it happens? Blood moon always means someone's going to be judged. It always means retribution. Either good, good or bad, and God's judging something. You want to know when the second blood moon happens in the world this year? Election day in the United States this November. But you know what the Bible says this very clearly throughout the old and the new testament of what this speaks about we'll let we'll let whatever is going to happen happen well I don't cuz I don't know I'm not a prophet but I'm just telling you these are signs scripture says these are signs so with the shofar sounds, 5783, next week, we're going to be in, we're going to enter into the a season, not just a, a new year, but a new seven-year cycle. And we're moving into a season where long-term prayers will be answered. I believe this with all my heart. I see it all through this, this, everything that I put together here. Some of you, you've been praying for months, you've been praying for years. There are promises that you felt from God that have gone unanswered. Does God even see me? Does God hear me? and this is a season where things will shift. I believe there will be a breakthrough of answered prayers. When the shofar sounds in 5783, we're going to enter into a new season also where we will rejoice before the breakthrough and after the breakthrough. Now, this is the only one that is an act of our will. This is a, this is a command. This is something we have to do. See, the rejoicing is a critical—it's um, the critical catalyst, I would say, for your breakthrough, and it's the response after your breakthrough. So it's both, and we've got to do both. So when that shofar sounds, we're going to enter into that new season, and we're going to begin to rejoice, even though you don't see the miracle. Number number four, when we enter into fifty-seven eighty-three. We can be assured that provision is coming. God will supply all your needs. Jehovah, Jireh, it is on its way. But it's broad. The, 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 the meaning of this is very broad. It can mean everything from forgiveness of sin to healing to, 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 uh, uh, to financial provision to the provision of love or compassion. Just, it just means, the, it means good things from the throne of God. And the shofar sounds at fifty seven eighty three. We enter into a new season where restoration is on its way. Now, we have to think about. What something looks like before it was destroyed. Think of something like that had has decay and abandonment. Kind of see that maybe maybe like an old house, uh, just this old dilapidated house that's been sitting for years and it looks terrible. And someone bur- purchases the property and totally restores it and it looks brand new. Uh, you you've you've seen those shows on TV. You've probably even seen things like that happen in your neighborhood. Restoration is on its way. what is dilapidated? what is looking lazy what is there where is their decay? where is their abandonment and that 's where God wants to work miracles for you also when the shofar sounds in fifty seven eighty three we 're going to enter into a new season where miraculous birthings will come to pass. This is a strong word that I see all through this this uh, this this uh, 5783 season and, and and it could be birthings of of dreams uh, uh, for for plans for businesses uh and i believe that it even means literal physical pregnancies the time for barrenness is over Amen. when the shofar sounds in 5783 we're going to enter into a season where testing is around the corner i see this all through there as well We have to pass God's tests. You want to pass the test. Uh, I believe there will be testing even of God's people. Uh, And and this this has been stirring in my heart for a while, and I don't know, again, because I'm not a prophet, but, but I just keep hearing the Holy... I think I keep hearing the Holy Spirit saying mild persecution. Uh, and, and what this is about is God is going to see if his people are going to obey him and hold on swerving to, swervingly to the word and hold on swervingly to their faith. And when the shofar sounds in 5783, we're going to enter into a new season where there's going to be a greater distinction between good and evil. And, and, uh, and it's just where you will have clarity as to whether this is the agenda of hell or whether you, this is the agenda of God, you will be so in tune with the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to see things, see things in the community, see things in your life. You'll be able to see things uh, in the nation, in the world. You go, that is not of God. You don't have to be deceived anymore because there's going to be this separation between what is of the flesh and what is of God, and it will be very obvious to you. Now, well, what do you do with all this? Good question, because I don't want to just give information without application. And what I'm believing, that I, what I wanted to do today, not wanted, what I'm going to do today is I have collected some scriptures from the Bible that I believe should be foundational for this next year. And I want you to take these scriptures and post them somewhere, underline them in your Bibles. Some of you, all of you, put these to memory because I believe these will be guiding passages of Scripture for for the people of God. I want to read through these, and these, again, are all on the sheet that I'm going to give you here in just a minute, so it's going to be real easy for you. But right now, I just want you to listen. Listen to this. The first one is Matthew 5, verses 3 through 6, which are the first four Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And even as I'm reading through these, you're going, to see, you're going to see elements of what I've shared with you throughout this sermon. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be Psalm 30, verse 5, weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Psalm 103, verses 2 through 6, praise the Lord, my soul. That's where you're commanding yourself to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice. For all who are oppressed Isaiah 35 through through 4 strengthen the feeble hands steady the knees that give way say to those with fearful hearts be strong do not fear your Lord will come he will come with vengeance with divine retribution he will come to save you that's part of you being the conduit of God that's what we're supposed to speak to others you see part of how we edify each other. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 29 through 31, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up the final one is 1 Corinthians 15 58 therefore my dear brothers and sisters stand firm let nothing move you always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. In just a moment I'm going to pray that this spirit of readiness for breakthrough will penetrate our hearts and lives during this final week of Shemitah, the final week of the Sabbath year. And we'll be prepared for when things turn and shift in a week. You will be standing on solid ground. You will be well positioned. And you will not be alarmed by what you see happening. But you will also know God is working all things out for good. Before I pray about that, first, next thing I want to do, though, is to offer salvation from Jesus to anyone who is not serving the Lord. If you're here and you're not in right relationship with the Lord, if there's sin in your heart, there's sin in your life, I'm going to challenge you right now to make things right with God before you leave this room. You do not know the day or the hour when the trumpet will sound. And the dead in Christ will rise first, and those who are on this earth will rise together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And we'll actually launch a seven-year time of, known as the marriage supper of the Lamb. A time when great tribulation will happen on this earth. I am not going to be here, and I don't want you to be here either. So we don't know when that trumpet's going to sound. But we can be ready for it when it does. So with nobody looking around right now, lock yourself in with God. If you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you're ready to make things right with the Lord, see your sin forgiven, and give your life to Him. I'm going to ask you at the count of three to lift your hand. And when you do, I'm going to connect my faith with yours. And then we're going to pray together in just a moment. And and we're going to pray. You're going to invite Jesus Christ into your life, and your sins will be forgiven. It's the most important thing that could happen today. So who will say, Pastor, that's me. Today, I'm making the choice to serve Jesus. Lift your hand, one, two, three. Lift your hand up high for me. Thank you. Put your hand down. Who else? Thank you. Anyone else? If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray these words with me. Congregation, pray these words also as an encouragement to those who are giving their life to the Lord right now. Let's all pray together. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your precious blood. Make me a new creation. Today I make the choice to give up my old life and embrace the future that you have for me. I choose to be your follower. In Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.